0: i Brock Lurie, and this is the Brock Lurie Podcast. With me, as always, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. Uh, also, uh, shout out to our law firm. Uh, we do real estate and business litigation, 310-478-7788. Very proud of our history. Very proud of our firm. Uh, we have a chess-like approach. I think uh, our listeners have more or less figured that out in terms of the consequences of things and such. Um, and I love talking about the law as well. And law and politics really go hand in hand in so many different ways. Uh, And and today's podcast really is such a good example of that, Ari. Um, There is a a recent uh, spate of uh, battles uh, that puts the uh, old-timey economy, (laughs) uh, old-timey industries at loggerheads with new ideas. Uh, I'll give you two examples. One is this uh, transportation company called Uber. Uber. U-B-E-R, with an umlaut over the Uber, <laughs> whether you realize it or not. It means over, by the way, in German. So I guess the idea is to bring somebody over from one place to the other. I love Uber. I think it's fantastic. It's a little bit more expensive than taking a taxi. But uh, there are uh, three wonderful things about it is that it's very pleasant. The cars are very nice. Um, they, there's no hassle in terms of trying to find uh, a car that will take you from A to B Because you can just decide, I want an Uber car And boom, there it is Because of the way it uses the internet And then finally, <clears throat> there's no hassle with money exchange uh, Once you put in your credit card the first time It's, it's always there And uh, you just hop in a car And you hop out of the car And there's no, you don't have to pay a tip or anything That's one of its selling points Is that you just kind of zip over and zip out And it's just a remarkable system I, I love it well worth the, uh, small, a small, you know, a couple of extra bucks per ride to go from point A to point B. Um, and it's extremely popular. Uh, it has done so well that it has largely ate into the taxi business. Now, the taxi business is the old-timey industry we're talking about, right? This is an industry which uh, has been around for what seems to be time immemorial. Uh, yellow taxi cab, for example, in, in New York. I mean, when you think of a taxi... You still think about a yellow taxi, right, with a checkered uh, logo on the on the sides. And um, when I think of taxi, I also think of somebody who's very surly, <laughs> and he's, un- he's unionized, right? And
1: Poor English skills, <clears throat> bad hygiene.
0: Sometimes bad hygiene, but very often poor English skills.
1: But a car that has no hygiene.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not a pleasant experience, let's put it that way. And then, of course, the hassle of having to make sure that they know where you are and you have to make an arrangement for the pickup, it's, de- it's just not 21st century. The whole thing is, is very uh, early 20th century at best, and you have to use a phone to call people, and they, did, they just haven't glommed on to the new world technology. And <clears throat> so now it's really eating into the taxi business, this Uber business. And so what is the natural response, you ask? Well, surely the taxicab company figures, well, we got to compete, and we got ourselves got to use the Internet, right? And perhaps we'll uh, change our, uh, our rates in order to compete on, on price level because people are very price sensitive, generally speaking. And uh, we'll also make our taxicabs a little bit nicer. That's the natural response, right? Oh, what's that you say? That's not happening at all? On the contrary, they want to keep things just the way they are. And so what do they do? What is their response? They sue Uber. (laughs) They uh, claim somehow that it's anti-competitive, that it's violating all sorts of regulatory matters in New York City and otherwise. And uh, they'll squash them down.
1: And don't forget what they're doing with the lobbying to get Uber to carry 10 times the insurance a taxi cab carries. Yes. Making arguments that people with driver's licenses aren't. Uh, qualified to drive cars,
0: right? Yeah. There's somehow, it's, there's a special talent in driving a car when you're when you're carrying a passenger, than when stranger. That's right. <laughs> then when you're just driving in your regular ordinary uh, capacity, yeah. Th- this is uh, this is how they're doing. They're trying to create burdens upon Uber in order to price them out. They want to drain their resources as much as possible. Now, the good news for Uber, but it's not good news, generally speaking, but it's the good news for Uber is Uber is doing so well economically that it can actually afford this battle. And it, it will pursue this battle. And, in fact, it uh, recently hired David uh, Plou- Plouffe, is it? Pluff. Uh, you can describe his history a little bit, to Ari.
1: Oh, right yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, he was the guy who ran Obama's 2008 and 2012 campaigns, and he got to start working for Democrat Dick Gephardt many right. years ago. He's a, he's a Democrat political uh, a consultant, lobbyist. Insider, well, said, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah he, but here's the funny thing about it. Here's a guy that is such an insider, and he's such a lobbyist, and he's, but now he has to lobby in order to fight the lobby, the kind of lobby that he himself had created once upon a time. And, and look, he's good. He knows the ins and outs. It's kind of like, uh, what do you call it, a fixer in, uh, in the real estate world. And when you create, um, when you want a permit, for example, and there are problems because the city of Malibu has all sorts of restrictions, well, uh, there's, there are lawyers that, that really know the ins and outs of this particular city council, for example, and they'll be able to go in there and be able to be somewhat influential and uh, create an exception for your client, right? This is, this is the way it's done. It's not corrupt. It's just the way things are done. But you have to know the people, and you know this, the, you're hiring somebody who can negotiate and navigate in a system that you have no familiarity with.
1: And you're hiring him for his Rolodex and the people he knows will take his call. Exactly right,
0: uh, and his experience, of course. But Pluff is exactly that person. Uh, he knows the ins and out of the lobbying world, and he knows how to lobby against the lobbying world. So it's kind of like all those uh, former IRS agents. Who now are able to fight the IRS, right?
1: Yeah, who run tax fighting agencies, right? Exactly. And, and then so, the the big irony, though, is that this guy has worked for Democrat candidates his whole career, who've basically stopped innovation right. all these years, and now he's suddenly lobbying for innovation.
0: Right. It's a uh, it, it's it's a fascinating world that uh, that they've created for themselves, and <laughs> it's extremely inefficient. Right, I mean, you would think, you know, I, I joked around that the natural response of this from the taxicab industry would be to actually be competitive and actually offer a better cookie, as it were. But no. Um, to, to make the analogy of the cookies, uh, if, if, if you came out with a better cookie, they would say that the uh, ingredients are uh, are not uh, are tainted somehow, and that, that they're dangerous. Da- Tested. They're, they're dangerous, and they, we need to regulate the ingredients of this because God knows what's inside those cookies, and uh, it can only be the kind of cookie that you previously uh, had made. It, that's what we're seeing, folks, and 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 it's just the same argument. It's exactly the same argument. In fact, one could argue that the cookie thing is even more uh, compelling, because you know, after all, we're talking about ingesting food when you when you're taking a taxi or an Uber car, you know, no one's poisoning you, right? But there's no danger to your health that way. So uh, it's only about car rides. And here we have uh, this situation where it is extremely anti-competitive. Now, offline, uh, Ari, you and I spoke about um, what we call um, social waste. Now, what is social waste? It's also there's, also, there's an economic term to this. It's called weight loss. And weight loss, or social waste, refers to that particular portion on the economic graph. There's a, there's a graph I can make. I don't want to bore you with it. But the ideal is when price meets demand, or a cost meets demand. Okay, cost includes the, the cost of your employees and such, and, and all the salaries that you need to pay. That's a perfect market. But when you start interfering and demand people to have a certain kind of price uh, or certain kinds of costs, then you create what's called deadweight loss because you're not meeting the actual demand and you're not servicing people in a way that they are ready to be serviced. So, what, what should be happening is obvious. Um, there should be, you know, taxi cab companies can compete uh, if, if they like it for the old time people. No doubt there'll still be some people who, who want a taxi cab who don't, don't even know what Uber is, okay? Uh, and, 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 and Uber should be competing as it is, and they 'll have a huge market share as well. And uh, if, if the taxicab company wants to compete, then they can compete, that's the way it is. And uh, having said that, I mean it's, it's just like imagine the competition between the United States Parcel, a uh, post office, and FedEx and DHL and UPS and all those guys, right? Um, you, the United States uh, Post Office never um, tried to put all sorts of regulations on FedEx. Didn't do it. It just—it it actually ha- did respond to some extent. They actually did put themselves online. They did do all sorts of competitive things that they tried to do. Now they were always behind the times, and they were never as efficient as FedEx. But at least it did something, right? But it responded uh, to all the uh, the competition and the the, the continuing loss of business by increasing the prices not decreasing the prices which is fascinating to me but that's what you have when the government gets involved or for that matter when unions get involved and this is what we're seeing right now in the taxicab versus uber that's what you will see we are experiencing what we call deadweight loss every and deadweight loss means everyone loses everyone
1: customer the business everyone right,
0: right. And nobody wins except for the lobbyists and the lawyers who serve those lobbyists. Yeah, right? Who,
1: by the way, in case the audience hasn't figured this out, don't do anything for anyone but themselves.
0: Right. It, it's a complete, it's kind of like the teachers' unions, right? They have, they have no interest in the, in the children, right? They have only interest in themselves. In their and, and I, you know, you can say, duh, Mr. Lurie, I understand it. And that's what unions are for, for the protection of the teachers. Yeah, but, but don't pretend for a moment that they're interested in the children. And the same thing is true with the taxicab drivers. When they claim that uh, Uber should have triple the insurance or 10 times the insurance uh, for their passengers than they have for uh, uh, the taxicab uh, passengers, they're not doing it for the, the customer's benefit. No one's doing it for the customer's benefit. They're doing it only for their own benefit to, to survive in what they con- consider a very competitive market. What they're discovering is a very competitive market. So... It, look, and I understand it from the, from the taxicab point of view, um, a taxi, the typical taxicab driver's point of view. He spent a lot of money uh, buying a medallion, which was a regulation thing in the first place, and now all of a sudden, uh, maybe not all of a sudden, comes this new regulation, um, uh, sorry, this new uh, Johnny-come-lately competitor that is threatening the value of that medallion. And, and these taxicab drivers, are, sorry, these drivers uh, for Uber, they don't need a medallion. So I understand from their perspective, but just because you've bought into a corrupt system doesn't mean that that system should should continue.
1: Well, and you know, you hit on the point I was about to make, which was the issue of the medallion. But it also has to do with misplaced uh, firepower. If the problem is you, as a taxi company, spent a million dollars per cab on the medallion, like they do in New York City, why not sue New York? Why not get a refund? Why not say to the government, we spent all that money on medallions. Now there's this Uber. We have to compete with them. We want a portion of that medallion money back.
0: Right. It, and, it would stand to reason. And
1: but, uh, we will use that money to innovate, right? Hey, government, unleash us. Right. But instead, they, instead of lobbying the government for that, they fight the people who've actually shown them how to do their job better and how they can make more money right. doing it. But he, and here's, this is just a rich irony to me.
0: It is a rich irony. And they, they, what they want to do is they want to carve out... We live in a funky country, right? I mean, we, 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 have, we understand competition. We know that competition is good for the customer and it can bring great riches to people who, are, uh, who, who invent the, the better cookie, literally, right? Uh, Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, all those guys. And the funny thing about it is <coughs> there's really only... Um, So many industries are so highly regulated, they just carved out these regulations, all in the purported name of the safety of the customer. But everything, everything can be argued um, is for the safety of the customer, right, when you think about it. Um, you, You take any industry that you like. We just talked about cookies, right? You can... You can argue that Mrs. Fields' uh, you know, chewy cookies, when she first came out with uh, Mrs. Fields' cookies, they were very different. It was a gourmet cookie, and it, it just tasted a lot better. You could argue that uh, that kind of cookie is uh, unhealthy and uh, dangerous, and it doesn't have the right ingredients, and, and they're, they're charging too little for it, and they should have all sorts of regulatory oversight over that. Um, and you can say the same thing about uh, cars we just talked about. You can say the same thing about balloons, I mean, uh, plastic balloons, you can, you can regulate any industry purporting to um, act for the benefit of the consumer in any single industry you can think of. And uh, the fact that they're doing it in, in the car industry uh, for the alleged purported safety of the, the consumer, where they have not a single example of greater accidents, for example, by Uber drivers, or that somehow an Uber driver uh, is more likely to attack uh, one of his passengers. Or to be racist or anything else like that that they that they purport to worry about. They don't have a single example of that. But what 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 befuddles me and you, because we talked about this before online, is that the liberals will glom onto this protectionism and they will buy the purported rationale, hook, line, and sinker. They they don't have a they don't have a, a criti- They claim to be critical thinking, but they don't have one ounce of critical thinking. They they are not able to punch through the obvious and say that the real reason why uh, the taxi cab company is trying to require Uber to have ten times the insurance is in order to uh, price them out of business, to to or cost them out of business, which which in turn will require Uber to pass on the cost to their passengers, right? And at some point, you know, I, I love Uber but if the same ride that would cost a, let's say a taxi cab ride would be 20 bucks and now for that same ride on an Uber uh car ride it's 100 bucks for me I'm not going to take the Uber ride right but that's what the taxi cab is trying to do they're trying to price them out of out of the industry altogether and uh you need to be cynical about this because it's exactly what's going on this is it's all in the name of some somehow supporting safety for the public you can do that all day long. Okay? And every dictator, by the way, has always promulgated his rules for the purported safety of the population. Hitler did it, Mussolini did it, Stalin did it. Martial law uh, has been declared many times over for the purported safety of the people. Now, I'm not saying this is the same thing as martial law, but I'm, I'm simply saying be cynical. In the same way that you're cynical when when somebody declares martial law for the for the purported safety of the general population, no, you know that martial law is being declared for the for the safety of the dictator. <laughs> That's what it's for. And the same thing is true when you're talking about unions. They have one interest, one interest only, is and that is to preserve the jobs of their union members. Period. End of story. Um, now this this pluff. Uh, involvement is really fascinating to me. It reminds me of the movie Dragnet. Did you ever see that movie Dragnet? Yeah. Uh, and, and Dragnet was a movie with Dan Aykroyd and such, and it was a, a play on the uh, the previous TV series from the 60s called Dragnet. But it was a, it was a comedy. It was very funny. It was clever. Uh, but it had an interesting storyline. And there was all sorts of... There was this uh, satanic cult of, of sorts that was uh, creating a lot of mischief in the city and was very dangerous. And there was, I believe, a priest who was speaking against this, and he was An working,
1: evangelical evangelical Christian, yeah television preacher. Right,
0: yeah, a preacher. there. Thank you. And he was working with the police against the satanic leader, and, and what could they do about that? And of course, he was getting a lot of attention as a result of it. And then uh, toward the middle of the movie, we discover, lo and behold, that the satanic leader, in fact, is the same evangelical leader. And it's played by Christopher Plummer, I believe. And he uh, when, when he's exposed, he explains to the Dan Aykroyd character, don't you see? I get to control both sides of the equation. That's where all the money is. And he's right. Uh, but it's, uh, that's exactly what's happening here. You create this funky system where lobbying is, is the order of the day, and everyone's trying to create regulations to compete everyone else, sorry, to, uh, to push any possible competitor out of the ring and then uh, you have a whole new industry. It's called the lobbying industry.
1: Yeah, and you have government regulating people out of business and then taking money from them to keep them in business.
0: Right. So everyone and has so to get a, a double dip. It's, it's a, it's a, that's a very good way of putting it. It's the double dip. And it's the who you know and the what you know and how much muscle you have to, to do it. And it, it's exactly the opposite of what we would ever want in a truly free market society.
1: Yeah, because it results in nothing but high prices and crappy product for us, the, com- the consumer. Right.
0: And at some point.
1: Oh, and dangerous product.
0: Right. So what's going to happen with Uber at some point is going to have to make a deal with the devil, as it were, the union being the devil. And at some point, they're going to have to make some sort of arrangement whereby they will have to support the union, and the union will then allow Uber to continue on. It, it's not going to be like a, you know, vic- a victory parade one day where Uber says, you know, this has been a great day for free market enterprise. No, it's
1: not in gonna... the chess world, you call that a stalemate, essentially. Uh, it's a de-
0: it's a, better yet, a detente. Uh, but detente was never healthy for the Soviet Union or America, was it? It was a, um, it was a very unhealthy alliance yeah, and unhealthy slow, peace.
1: It was essentially the slow destruction of the good and the slow prevailing of the bad.
0: Right. So, ultimately, Uber is going to have to agree to a certain higher prices uh, at a certain cap. And that way, the ta- taxi unions will still preserve a, a good degree of their market share. And Uber will also have to agree not to have anybody else come into it and, and participate with the union. That's what's going to happen. The same thing is true, by the way, when it comes to um, the hotel industry. Uh, you may know Airbnb. It's very similar uh, to what's dealing with uh, with Uber. And uh, it's also in New York. They they try to squash Airbnb because you know people were paying a lot cheaper uh, rates for uh, apartments that they were renting out for a day or two. And uh, the hotel industry, once again, uh, for the purported benefit of the customer, was saying that uh, we can't trust these people to provide good quality accommodations for people. You know, as if as if we're all morons, right? But it's the same thing. There's no difference at all. And and soon David Plouffe may be (laughs) representing them as well.
1: Probably will.
0: Anyway, uh, what you're seeing here is social waste, folks. And make no mistake, you need to kind of punch through the obvious here and understand who is interested in pushing through these regulations. Generally speaking, it's somebody who wants to preserve his or her industry. And that's what we're seeing with Uber uh, and the taxi cab company battle. And it's so emblematic. Of so many other things we're seeing in this uh, sadly deteriorating free, free market society. Uh, it should be a free market society, but it's uh, it's it's becoming less and less so. Folks, this is Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you real soon.